if there's one thing I can tell people out there that's the best thing you can do for your stress management, turn off the television. Matter of fact, just take a hammer to it. <laughs> just take a hammer to it because it's they call it programming for a reason. That's enough. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome to Make Language Great Again. Today, it is my great joy and honor to welcome Bruce Dooley, who is a very, very brave doctor, an American doctor in New Zealand. So do you want to just give a brief overview of your life path and career and... Hi, I'm Dr. Bruce Dooley and uh, thanks for having me on. And I am a medical doctor of 40 years. I have my master's in immunology uh, from Villanova University and Thomas Jefferson was a medical college. I uh, was born and raised in the East Coast and uh, had medical clinics in Utah and in Florida. And but I've become over the last 30 years, become heavily um, involved with uh, natural medicine, if you will, complementary alternative medicine, integrative medicine, functional medicine, and helping patients um, return to uh, health, which is um, our own God, God right. And uh, so I, I'm really happy to be here to talk to you today. Well, thank you so much. It's it's a pleasure to be talking to you. And we are going to talk about a very nefarious and interesting organization called the Federation of State Medical Boards. So first, uh, let me uh, just do a quick intro about the organization itself. So the Federation of State Medical Boards uh, was founded in 1912. It was founded on the tail of the famous oratory, I should say, Flexner Report, which was a report commissioned by the Rockefeller interests. And uh, the purported purpose of that report was to standardize medical education, because the claim was that medical schools at the time, they were teaching God knows what. There was uh, no standard. They just did whatever they wanted. So the report... Uh, claimed that unification and standardization was needed. A number of medical schools were closed down, uh, especially they had issues with alternative, so-called alternative medicine, that at the time wasn't even alternative because there were a lot of doctors who were practicing homeopathy, for example. It was a lot more mainstream than nowadays. And so that report, 1910 Flexner report, uh, lay the foundation for what today is known as Rockefeller medicine, which is kind of an uh, oil-based, chemical-based medicine that is mostly about profits and mostly about keeping people attached and uh, coming back to the doctors for more prescriptions, more chemical medicine. And so this organization, it is it acts as if it is a government agency, but in fact, it's a private organization uh, it's a non-profit, it's a trade association, and uh, its income, uh, the sources of its income are kind of obscure. There is some information available on the website called GuideStar, which is a website that lists various non-profits. They are a very interesting organization because they are playing a significant, significant role in regulating medicine in the United States and internationally as Bruce discovered, and it is really, really, really amazing. So I, I can't wait to hear everything that Bruce has to say about it. But they are a very, very active uh, participant in lobbying. And for example, according to ProPublica, the list of uh, organizations that they have been lobbying is immense. Just uh, since 2010, uh, the list, the partial list, the, the, the most known organizations are U.S. Senate, House of Representatives, the CDC, the FDA, CMS, HHS, the EPA, the DOD, and the list is actually extremely long. So they've been lobbying all those organizations. Uh, the list of bills they've been lobbying about is immense, and that's a partial list. And uh, amazingly, they have... A special grudge with, or maybe not so amazingly, but they have a special grudge with alternative medicine and with doctors who think independently. Uh, conversations about them became more public last year when they were spearheading the uh, censorship campaign. So, for example, in July 2021, 
they issued a statement, a press release, extremely treacherous, treacherously worded. They talk about honesty and transparency and how doctors should be honest with their patient and how everybody should have informed consent. And from there, their conclusion is that doctors spreading the so-called misinformation about COVID vaccines and COVID treatments should be censored, which of course is Orwellian because they're just turning language upside down. And then uh, other organizations used their press release as a foundation for saying that, yes, we should indeed censor doctors who are spreading misinformation about COVID vaccines and COVID treatments and in generally in, in general, the COVID narrative. So they are playing a very, very significant role in censoring doctors. And they have been known for that since 1990s. Specifically, they formed uh, a special committee in 1995, and it was renamed a couple of times since then. And again, they were attacking alternative medicine, alternative doctors. And one of the claims why they were so unhappy with alternative medicine was that people are taking their dollar to alternative doctors. And that's a significant amount of money that people take, patients take to alternative doctors. And they clearly were very concerned about that. So it's it's right there. And then since then, they took the a document off their website but it can still be found, it can still be downloaded. And the organization is just amazing in how much influence it has on medical regulation. Oh, and of course, it is also a co-sponsor of the medical exam, of the most important official medical exam in the United States. So that is a part of the income. And uh, with that, I would love to give the stage to you, Bruce, because you're the star of the show and your courage is really admirable. Thank you for having me on, Tessa, and um, uh, hello to everybody out there. Um, uh, there was a, quite an in, a, extensive um, explanation of uh, this in my interview with Liz, and maybe we can tell them about, about that a little bit. And, but Because I really want to expound on what you just said. I was there on the board of that uh, ACAM, American College for Advancement of Medicine, in the mid-90s, when we, uh, the Federal Trade Commission attacked us for a couple words in one of our brochures. Uh, and I get that point in time, they might have said it was misinformation. However, uh, it was only in retrospect after I got attacked by my Florida Medical Council for one word in one of my ads uh, that I began to hear the, this, uh, about this federation. Now, I wanna tell you that the truism here, I can pretty, pretty much say, confidence that 99.9% .9 of all physicians in the world have never heard of the Federation of State Medical Boards. And I certainly would not have known about it had I not had this synchronicity of events that finally got me to, if you will, go undercover to two of their annual meetings and see how they actually worked. This is a 110-year-old organization that came out of pretty much nowhere, as you began to say, and uh, we do we do suspect that it's Rockefeller and Carnegie and all of that money in the beginning. Uh, we also, um, from my uh, understanding of homeopathy at that time, is that the same medical doctors that had graduated in medical schools, um, some went to allopathy, which is the pharmaceutical side, which was new, and the other side went to the Hahnemann side, which is homeopathy. And so there was quite a uh, actual quite a business battle going on. Uh, at the time. And uh, the Flexner report, uh, under the guise of getting rid of voodoo medicine and all that, basically wiped out pretty much, uh, well, there were 2,000 medical schools at the time. Now there's only, then they knocked it down to about 150. Um, and each one of those, by the way, had to have a Rockefeller board member. But the, the thing was, is that um, most of these 2,000, uh, of these, you know, almost 2,000, that were knocked out by the Flexner Report taught homeopathy. And the, uh, the books that I've read suggest that that's really what they wanted to do. They wanted to, they wanted to, to uh, you know, get a competitive edge. And, uh, and there's a very, there's, it was a very brilliant model because what happens, it's, it actually is the same model as the United Nations. I, I just love this. I, I, I hit this analogy the other day. The United Nations is this organization that has member states, right? And they bring everybody in and, and, the, and uh, all the ministers of health from all the countries, right? And they come in and 
Meanwhile, over the year, uh, all of the people working at the World Health Organization have built policy and then they go in and they vote on policy. And this is exactly the same thing with the Federation. Federation is a private uh, organization, a membership organization that the, um, the state medical boards and now national medical boards of many countries um, join and they pay a fee. And the fee, the fee couldn't possibly keep the, this massive complex in Euless, Texas running for a day. Um, I don't think. Um, but the point is, is that they make policy like they did with the questionable medicine policy that you were talking about, uh, which is which they pulled from the site. But it's still in the background, still operative. Uh, any policy they make, unless it's voted out by the delegates, and I'll, I'll tell you how they do that, uh, basically remains policy. So the policy remains based out of the scare that they got back then about the uh, David Eisner. Uh, Eisenberg, sorry, from Harvard. Eisenberg did a powerful uh, study of complementary alternative medicine, CAM, and found, I think the, his, the numbers were like $38 billion uh, and more visits than were being made to alternative medicine than were being made to standard GPs. And um, he, he did a follow-up, a couple follow-up studies, and then I think the, the amount went up to about $100 billion out of pocket that the Americans were spending uh, of their own free will, obviously, right. uh, for therapies that uh, they considered to be what they wanted, non-toxic, natural, etc. cetera. So, uh, so this is what the Federation does. They, uh, and this is what they just did with the misinformation and disinformation that they voted in at the last delegate meeting in April. Uh, this is very interesting um, how they first started, like you, you mentioned that back in, um, was it June of last? July, July 21, yeah. They did something that was very unusual for them because they're very much in the shadow all the time. That's why people don't know about them. Uh, they put out a statement across the world from their board saying, like you were saying, that doctors have a special uh, special place in, in trust in the, in the population. And, and they, when they do use misinformation, um, then, they, of course, the, the disciplinary regulatory bodies should uh, think about coming into play, which is uh, medical boards. And, and, and then they did a very interesting thing. They put that out there. And then about two or three months later, they did a poll of their member uh, members. Only 25 or 28 responded back out of the 70. However, based on that, uh, based on those 28 that had reported back, they, they put out another notice that, that there was I think a 65% increase uh, in misinformation reports to the medical boards. Well, so you have, you create the problem. Uh, and so, so they said, so because of that, we're going to be working on policy, which we'll vote into in April, 2022 at our meeting. And, and so that's what they did. So you create the problem, find the solution. And inside of this, and this is, this is exclusive to you. Uh, inside of this uh, report that they did and, and, and was approved in April, uh, you'll find that on page one, they cite a, a, a footnote number three. They cite a, uh, a lawyer, Coleman, who uh, put out a paper. Basically, I'm sure he was commissioned by them. He put out a paper in September, which still has not gone published, but it's, you can find it on the Internet. And, and I think I gave you a copy of and it was a legal opinion about whether you could do this to physicians. Could, could you actually gag them? And uh, they, so they cite him and they use his name Coleman. By the way, by the way Coleman is also a World Health Organization consultant. Uh, very interesting. Chalking. But interestingly, if you actually read his paper, he basically says, well, you can't do this. You guys, you can't do it. So how, how arrogant is that to actually commission this guy to, to write a report? The report doesn't really come back on their favor, but they cite him anyway and, and leave it there. And that's why they're not publishing it. But you have a copy of that. It's incredible. Just incredible. So, yeah, it's um, sorry. I've been running on here, but, you know, I know that uh, there's a lot of information. Well, it's it's uh, it's only because, you know, we all were getting attacked the same way back in the 90s. We all are still getting attacked. Every single doctor that's been attacked by the medical board here, um, that's not, it's, that it's not um, performance-based. Uh, that is, it's, you know, medical boards are very important. I mean, they, they take care of making sure that their, their main 
their main four-letter word is safe. You know, they want to keep safe everybody, or harm, sorry, is to prevent harm. And um, so uh, the, so there's a good reason, but you know, I mean, all of us that have been integrative medicine stocks down here, none of us have been turned in by patients. There's been no complaints by patients. It's all coming from other doctors or healthcare professionals or, you know, people we don't even know. Uh, I got turned in by, uh, you know, in 40 years, Tessa, of practicing medicine, um, I've never had one patient complaint. I've never had one malpractice, knock on wood, but 40 years. Every single complaint I turned into medical councils that I've been fighting uh, are from other doctors, uh, from the system itself. And, and, um, and many times they're allowed to do that anonymously, which is really unfair when you think about it. You can, you can just you can, um, turn somebody in and, and then go through all the processes that you go through. So they try to, um, they try to um, keep uh, this. Well, it, the ACAM, when we got attacked in 1995, Tessa, we had 1,200 medical doctors on, uh, and members, 1,200. We had a million dollars in the bank. We, had, um, we were growing at 200 page, uh, new, new members a year. Now, can you imagine, had they not taken us out through the FTC, who, by the way, the year before the FTC came to do it, they invited the chairman or the president, whatever, the chair of the Federal Trade Commission to their annual meeting, and in their in his uh, transcription, he's on stage saying, "Thank you very much for telling me about this American College of Advanced Medicine. We'll take care of them, more or less." Amazing. And, and what what year? What year did they successfully attack you? I think it was 1998-ish, like yeah, 1998-1999. I reported my findings to the White House Commission about the about the Federation in 2000. Um, because I, I, you know, the White House Commission was a very interesting. It was commission a two-year commission uh, approved by Do uh, President Clinton, uh, where nineteen uh, nineteen board board members, if you will, uh, spent two years of their time calling all the information about complementary alternative medicine. And at the end of that two-year period, the consensus that they went back to the White House was, "Gosh, if you guys would just incorporate this." this type of medicine into the healthcare system in the United States, you know, things would really be just like hunky-dory. And of course that went nowhere. So we're, we're looking at a, um, we're looking at a situation, particularly with this pandemic. Um, they had to get rid of the doctors. They had, to, they had to gag the doctors on things like, you know, the I word. I don't even know if, 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 you know, we can say it, God. Uh, <laughs> the horse, the horse medicine, <laughs> yeah, the, the horse medicine that three billion people have used won the Nobel Prize. It's it's on the it's on the essential list of the World Health Organization. I mean, yeah, that horse medicine. But you know, the f funny, funny remark that has nothing to do with the I word or kind of has to do with it. The Merck, the approved uh, Merck medicine for COVID is actual horse medicine. It was it was developed for horses. So wow. it's it's. Yeah, it, it's it's very funny, but nobody is making fun of that. The Paxlovid? Oh no, no, no! That that's the that's the Pfizer one. The Merck one, oh, I yeah. I forgot the word. It's uh, monoplever or something like that. Uh, so yeah. that was developed to counter, I think, brain inflammation horses or something like that. So anyway, anyway, it's uh, it's uh, that's why I'm being that's why I have to report in two days to the medical council here to to uh, that was the, I used the I word on patients and not one of my patients actually ever had to go to the hospital with COVID. I was, uh, you know, and, to, and all the statistics now are, are obviously in that way. But uh, in order to, uh, if you read um, Kennedy's, Robert Kennedy's book uh, and uh, the real Anthony Fauci, chapter one just basically lays it out that um, it was, um, it, it, you know, it was really, really um, showing itself to be quite a powerful, uh, uh, you know, early treatment. Um, and, you know, so, but there'd be no way to get an emergency approval for the, so anyway, uh, that's, uh, we're living in very interesting times and, and, uh, and the Federation is very, very involved with this. They've, um, they, as you say, they lobby intensely. They have, a, you might want to give a, uh, a zoom screenshot of, uh, their, um, uh, of their headquarters in ULIS, two massive two-story buildings. Uh, stuck in the middle of a suburb, for God's sake. I mean, all these 
all these houses around them. And here's this massive complex kind of like hidden away from everybody. And their, their logo, by the way, up until about, I guess about three years ago when they changed it to this happy looking little thing, it used to be this eagle. Was it an eagle? Yeah, something like that. And it was eagle and a cross and, and a snake. And uh, it had 1912 underneath it. And it really looked official. I mean, honestly, it looked like a presidential seal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, people are very impressionable human beings. You have to impress yeah. them. I mean, if you think about it, philosophically speaking, our in entire society is kind of functioning on mythology and conventions. And uh, that is a part of it. But it's amazing that not a federal agency, not a government agency is acting like a government agency. Everybody's listening to that via the power of mighty dollar and uh, yeah well, and 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 the other thing is uh it's not always just the dollar uh, well i mean i i think it's the definitely the dollar for the pharmaceutical companies and um in many ways but i i think that um even the people that uh even the doctors who are trying to do a good thing by being uh members of their board of medicines across the country and in the world uh don't know about the federation uh, uh, pretty much probably don't uh, except for maybe the people at the very top, but the rest of them think that they're, you know, and so these these uh, decrees come down, you know, voted on by the delegates, which was a really interesting thing. Uh, they did it, I'm sure, in Louis, uh, New Orleans uh, just in April. Uh, first, they wine you and dine you beyond belief in these five-star hotels. This is the, the members of the board. Uh, and they have this big luncheon at the end where they, everybody kind of gets fat and happy and they give awards out, and and you have, I think, a copy of of, of this award ceremony, and um, and then they go into this room where the delegates, one delegate from each medical board, gets a, a, a nice little desk, voting desk with velvet ropes around it, and a and a and a and a, a voting button, electronic voting button, and then they put up all this law up on the screens, and they vote at a private organization. Well, I'm I'm sitting there going. You can't do this. This is these are government regulatory agencies. This is this is a private organization meeting. It's like, what are you voting on? Well, they voted the delegate vote, and they voted in the misinformation and disinformation policy, which had the you know the bogus uh, report by Coleman, and uh, and they think they're doing a great job. And what they're doing, I think, is they're contributing to. And this is really going to get me out there. You ever read nineteen eighty four? It's a book by George Orwell. We're developing the Ministry of Truth right in front of our eyes with this this dog whistle, misinformation and disinformation. Think about it. And the media, of all things, has the the nerve to point and say they're doing misinformation. Oh, my God. You know, so uh, so I think that uh, in medicine, they they had to shut us up uh, because we we had an inordinate amount of uh, uh, influence be able to. Uh, you know, speak out and say, this is not making sense. This is not making sense. These are some of the studies over here, guys, that nobody's talking about. Why isn't anybody talking about this? Well, because if you read uh, Pierre Corey right now in his Substack, uh, sub he, he's showing how the major medical journals are literally not, not publishing anything that would be um, against the, if you will, the, you know, and or uh, the I word or any of that. So honestly, it's it's really uh, looking like uh, the we're kind of like putting up a last stand here to push back as doctors and say, you know, this is and now they've of course now it's been not only pushed forward through the uh, California Medical Board uh, adopted it's, it's adopted by all the medical boards. What am I saying? It, they voted in, so now every medical board is following this policy of misinformation, disinformation. But they were able to actually. Uh, move it up a, a step now to the legislature and, and, and got passed through the legislature as an actual law. So now this is a new and a new and a dangerous, much more dangerous step uh, if the other states uh, jump on board now with California um, and, and begin to gag uh, anything that is uh, not the standard narrative, which is basically the wording, as I read it, on that uh, legislature. Well, it is quite amazing. Like for me, being Russian and having caught the tail end of the Soviet Union, I mean, it is it is familiar. I I understand this world. I recognize this world. Yeah. Like it's nothing new. You have to praise the communist party, and it's not about communism. What it's just 
Like there's a talking point that is an establishing talking point and you have to praise it or else. You can't well, my, have any my, sort my, of career or participation in society unless you say Lenin is great, Marx is great, Engels is great, communism is our future. And even if your work has nothing to do with anything political, if you're studying music of the 15th century, you still have to start with, hello, Marx is great, Engels is great, Lenin is great, and here's my work about the music of the 15th century. So it's the same thing. And if you say, say anything forbidden, you know, not so good for you. So I recognize it. It's amazing. It's amazing that it's happening in the West. But yeah, yeah absolutely stunning. And the California, just for, for, for the audience, uh, you probably you probably know about that. But Newsom signed an actual bill that uh, makes it legal to take away the license from the doctors and punish them. Otherwise, if they spread the so-called misinformation about COVID or COVID, as you say, <laughs> Oh, I word. I mean, well, we're laughing about it, but it's actually uh, shocking. Uh, Peter McCullough, one of the top cardiologists most published in the world, just got knocked off of Twitter. I know. Uh, I, I mean, you know, I mean, what, what in the world? I mean, this is a, this is a brilliant man who is not no not not really trying to be anything but just truthful. And he just got he just got everything pulled from from Twitter. I don't do Twitter or any of that stuff. So, but um, I can tell you that um, that's the ultimate gag. And 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 whether Elon Musk is actually seriously about thinking about uh, you know buying it, that would be a big thing if they were allowed to just actually talk. But I think he bought it. But I mean, him between his uh, satellites and his. Uh, brain computer interface. I don't think there's much hope for him at all. I think he's one of them. So even if he buys it, if, even if, if he flirts with, you know, I don't like censorship, he's still one of them. So it's. Yeah, one of them. So, um, the, uh, so the, the, we here in New Zealand have, um, really, really been stunned by the, um, the pretty, uh, heavy hand, very heavy handed, not pretty, uh, extremely heavy handed, uh, treatment by Jacinda Ardern and, and the um, and the uh, and her boys and they actually have a um, they actually have a nudge team here of fifth I think like fifteen full time people I mean unbelievably they they've actually put sixty million dollars into the mainstream media uh, supporting the mainstream papers and newspapers and the radio and the television so you know I mean it's so obvious on the face of things. Uh, we can't get stories out, so we actually actually printed our own newspaper here in our little our little um, town called the the Thinker, uh, and it puts out uh, alternative uh, an alternative side to things. You know, the the last week ones was about my interview with Liz Gunn, um, and of course it got me into trouble with the medical council because I'm not speaking the narrative. You know, no, that is stunning. I mean, like it's not stunning because it's essentially a mob tactic. And that's how mobs operate. And that's logical. I mean, from their standpoint, it's logical. If you can kill the competition, kill the competition by all means. But from the standpoint of our ideas about democracy and all that lofty stuff, it's incompatible. But it only shows that we are actually in a mob and we might have been living in a mob, but they weren't bold. And now they're bold because people are taking it. If people weren't taking it, I was just having a conversation with somebody and it's, it seems like the, countermeasure against it is so simple and so readily available. It's just don't do it. If millions and millions of people refuse to comply, what can they do? Nothing. They can't, they can't suppress millions and millions and millions and millions of people. They can't really suppress the majority as the majority is vocal, but everybody feels alone. And as far as doctors, it's amazing because, well, there's a lot of resentment in the freedom community against the doctors who are just going along with the narrative but I'm, I'm almost compassionate because well it's the brainwashing is so intensive and it's generations over generations over generations it's maybe since that flexner report or maybe earlier when doctors sincerely believe that they're actually helping that they're so arrogant they're so arrogant and think they're doing the right thing some of them some of them are just scared to speak no some, but, a lot of them are arrogant uh, I agree with you. A lot of them are arrogant. And, and I went to the second oldest medical school in the United States, uh, Thomas Jefferson in Philadelphia. And we had 250, uh, 250 class. And um, I can tell you 
that, you know, um, it was a struggle getting it. It was one out of 70 uh, applications made it in. And you, so you work your, you know, you work so hard to get in and then you work like crazy in this militaristically trained, um, you know, put the blinkers on. This is medicine. Everything else is, is a quackery, which is what they use, spoke about, by the way, in this federation meeting. Oh, yeah. Oh, the quacks, you know, and now they're calling them fringe. Um, uh, And so the, the the thing is that, um, you know, to a certain extent, like, for instance, I had one hour of nutrition in four years, and that's still kind of how much nutrition training uh, doctors get in medical school in four years, like one hour. And Hippocrates said, let medicine be thy food and food be thy medicine. So, I mean, uh, we get hardly any kind of training in prevention uh, to actually keep people strong so that they don't get sick. They don't get cancer. Their terrain is pure. They, you know, right. all these things that natural uh, healers uh, that I had to go and retrain myself. Basically, I spent, you know, 15 years just actually retraining in uh, going to these masters in the different uh, areas, learning about this uh, completely unknown, beknownst to me, uh, types of uh, uh, p- powerful healing that have survived, you know, s- centuries. Uh, look at look at acupuncture. How can you say acupuncture is uh, is placebo? It's crazy. But that's what they said when one day in my medical school. Uh, you know, oh no, it's just all it's all placebo. So, you know, it is interesting. I read a book. I think the author is Robert. Uh, Becker, uh, he was an orthopedic surgeon in the U.S. a long time ago. Well, I mean, I think he, I think he was working, in the, started working like in the 50s, and then he was working through maybe the 80s or the 90s, and he was researching electricity in the body. He was interested in uh, bone healing, and he was pioneering the ele- electric research in the medicine. He was laughed at along the way. And then as he was discovering things and gradually it was getting confirmed and then, you know, the military wanted to work with him. And then he, I guess, was an honest human being. So his lab was closed because he wouldn't collaborate with them. But speaking of acupuncture, they were specifically, I mean, he actually showed how they were electrical pathways and how acupuncture was purely scientific, even from the proper Western standpoint. Yeah. And it's it's amazing, but it's a competition. It's a competition, and it's also um, it's also keeps people uh, see it, it keeps the doctors in the allopathic training to it diverts their attention from their real mission, which is make a diagnosis, apply a drug, apply a test. That's it. You don't you if you go over here with the non-patentable doctor and all these things. Oh, you know, ooh, your medical castle. Who, by the way, controls your only means of making a living because you have no idea how to do anything else. And if they pull your registration, your license, you're out. That's it. So do you think that that's scary? It's a sword of Damocles over every doctor's head to think about it. And of so course. All they, have to do, all they have to do is make an example, uh, make examples of doctors. Uh, and they're, they're, you know, they're trying to do that uh, through, the, um, through uh, McCullough and Corey right now. And uh, good luck to them because they've got Senator Johnson on, on, his, on their side and I think enough people are going to not going to stand for that, that they have their medical license taken away just because they've been uh, heroes, in my estimation, to step step up. So so that if, if anything, in defense of my colleagues is, is that they don't have anywhere else to go. Uh, these are young doctors who have families and mortgages and and they've they've been they have huge debt that they build up. My my nephew is a went to, you know, 12 years. Of, med- of tr- medical training now is at Stanford, and he's, I don't know, he's over $200,000 worth of debt. What's he going to do if he, if he decides to step out and, and um, talk about, you know, alternative therapies to his patient, and uh, he gets turned in by a medical doctor in his own neighborhood, and blah, 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 and that's how it goes. But then, of course, if, if 100,000 doctors in the world refuse to comply with that, then, what, well, I mean, they... Of course, now they are trying to get rid of doctors altogether and replace them with AI. There, there's a bill, uh, well, it gets resubmitted, but the last version, I think, from 2021, last year, out of Arizona, where wow. they want to give AI and machine learning, and I'm literally quoting, they want to give AI and machine learning uh, the wild. powers of a physician legally. Uh, yeah, that includes yeah. prescribing wow. medications and more. Which See, it's I, it's I, vague. I, I, it's interesting. I, thanks for telling me that, Tessa, because I actually said that to a group um, Zoom that we were at the other day. And I said, 
really, I think, you know, I said, uh, this is just getting to be, we're just getting to be too yucky, these doctors and independent stuff, you know, and, and uh, you just have to, you know, we have to come up with a new idea. And I said, well, it's probably going to be AI computer, because, you know, at this point in time here in uh, New Zealand, uh, the patient uh, gets about five minutes. And I think also in, in the UK, gets about five minutes uh, with the doctor usually typing on a computer rapidly. And then um, the total visit is uh, 15 minutes. Uh, I spend an hour with my patients and I, I, go, I go all the way back to their childbirth and work their way forward and get a, an idea about the stresses in their life. And, and uh, this is what in, integrative medicine is about. We integrate. Um, you're, not just, you're not just a diagnosis that you have to spit out in, in 15 minutes. You're a person. You're an individual. You have all kinds of things that, that uh, combine together to produce whatever issue you're, you're in front of me with, whether it's fatigue and, uh, you know, and that's, a, that's a, in, you know, and, this, and, and nobody's really talking about um, the, the power of um, what's happened uh, these last two. Well, there are people talking about it, but the media is certainly not talking about the, in, the, the way that this has impacted people's health, whether, whether you had this or not. Um, the, the point is, is that uh, people are walking around with significantly depressed immune systems than they, they might have had um, two years ago because of all of the lockdowns and the stresses and the, you know, the discord that's been that's been sown. So, yeah, so we uh, I, I, I applaud um, the uh, Surgeon General of Florida. Uh, by the way, I'm board. Uh, I'm, I'm not board. I, mean, I, I have an active medical license still in Florida. Um, but he um, he just came out the other day and said, you know, that's it. We don't we don't recommend uh, that for 18 and uh, to 35 year olds at all. There's a there's it looks like it's more, much more dangerous than not having it at all. And he's obviously right. With all the toxins that are in the air, in the food, in the soil, in the water, it's a miracle we're alive. We're like roaches. We're just survivalists. Even before the COVID, which is and plus all the children were getting, right? So even before 2020, and now with that, and that changing the standard for what it means to be like normal, healthy. Now everybody's kind of a little bit sick all the time, and that's yeah. normal, and it's perfectly yeah. fine for kids to have strokes and heart attacks, or young people. I mean, it's insane. I mean, yeah. The funny yeah. thing about cultural change, is yeah. that I have, I have my, uh, my I have my master's in immunology uh, uh -huh. before I got my MD, and so for two years I studied the immune system at a very very uh, very intense level, you know, and I tell you it, it's you really get religion when you look at this, the immune system. It's 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 a it's a mystical thing how it can possibly do what it does, but you're right. It's like it's it, they've been the 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 um, well I mean the pe the same people <laughs> kind of the top of the Whoever owns the pharmaceutical top up here, maybe shall we call them BlackRock and Vanguard? Well, they're also over here with the uh, the mass-produced food. Of course, and yeah. State Street, three of them. Yeah, they own yeah. everything. Yeah, that's a fa that's a fantastic video. If anybody's never seen it, it's called Monopoly: Who Owns the World. Oh yeah, it's still on. I think it's still on um, YouTube. Um, yeah, I've been I've been looking ever since for the last twenty five years. I've been kind of actively. Um, trying to find, figure out who has uh, control of this medical system. And ever since that interview that I did, uh, I've had so many letters from doctors coming to me who are saying, thank you so much. I could not understand why it was that all of these states and all these countries were acting in unison when it came to their doctors. Well, I think it's all coming out of this uh, organization uh, that is, um, uh, it's very secretive and, um, not only do they own the, uh, the own and co-run the national medical boards, but they also own the disciplinary data bank. <clears throat> and if you, oh, get yeah. Yeah, if you get a disciplinary mark, uh, you're blackballed because if you try to get a license in any other state, they go through this disciplinary data bank owned by the Federation and they kind of, you basically good luck if you're going to, if you have a disciplinary mark, which I got because of my one word. <laughs> which is amazing because if you're a patient and you don't know better and if you see a doctor got yeah. some kind of a punishment you think oh my god this yeah. fraud it's dangerous and Absolutely. 
and 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 they know that but again it's so amazing that a non-government agency a private organization somehow owns this and the way they word it on their own website is that they're helping they're helping state medical boards they're providing a service they're being so wonderful and kindly and so they're providing this service they're helping them with yeah. the medical exam they're helping them with this data yeah. with the license i mean that's exactly that's exactly how they were able to basically uh take it over because these are busy people they're busy uh renewing licenses and things like that and so let the federation make up the new policy and stuff and then we'll go you know we'll vote on it and the other thing it's really um oh i don't know I, I i think that you have to you have to take a look at um where where you can where you can what we can do about it i mean really to we're, I think what we want to do here is we want to re begin to uh, really question our medical council uh, as to why why they are members of this organization and and uh, and is is it necessary and in fact we we you know maybe we'll fight against it you know because uh, because it's as long as as long as I as as far as I'm concerned as long as they're attached to this you know, tentacle. You know, um, they they're they're being manipulated, uh, and um, and I think in many ways, um, for instance, one of the doctors um, that got suspended, uh, integrated medicine doctors here in New Zealand, in New Zealand, yeah, Matt Shelton, um, his suspension notice that came from the medical council copied the federation. And Matt is such a such a such a good human being. I mean, like I've spoken to him. Oh, have you really? Yeah. Oh, wow. You're such a global person. <laughs> well, I mean, aren't we all global? But like, I interviewed him and a bunch of other people about um, something else they were doing. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're they're punishing all the good doctors. That's well, what they're doing. I know about, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, and by the way, my wife is Russian. I think you met her earlier. She was born in '70 in Soviet Union in Moscow, and so she doesn't trust governments at all. And uh, and a lot of the people, we have a, a big movement here in uh, New Zealand called Voices for Freedom. You've probably heard of that. Mm -hmm. We have over 200,000 people, members. Um, we have a local, a local group, about 230 here. Uh, but I, interestingly enough, uh, probably two-thirds of the people that are members are uh, international. They're, they're from outside New Zealand. Uh, the Kiwis have been so trusting, they've just kind of like followed, they just followed the, this whole government thing uh, amazingly, really. Uh, without question. And now I think that they're beginning to see that these injuries, uh, there's hardly anybody that doesn't know somebody here in this 5 million people that hasn't been injured or uh, the caskets. We have a, a lady down the, the road who makes caskets out of um, reed, out of um, whatever, willow, willow, willow baskets. And she just wrote me and she said that, you know, she, she's tripled her um, sales in the last year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is awful. I mean, this is I have a very sad phrase for that. That is quiet genocide or soft genocide. Mm. It is so behind the scenes. It's kind of happening, but it's kind of not like there's piles of bodies in the streets. It's just that more people are dying and there's always a reason that they come up with it, it is so awful. Well, and it, it's 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 uh, you know, Thomas Jefferson, who, you know, is in my eyes was brilliant. One of the brilliant founding fathers of the United States, he had a he had a really interesting he had a lot of quotes, but the one of the quote that I that I love using is he said, uh, "Information is the currency of a de of democracy. Information is the currency of a democracy. If you are in a democracy, you need to have information. You need to have all the information. Are we getting all the information? No, because the information source." Uh, is definitely biased now. We, there's nobody that's going to argue with me on it. I can't imagine that 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 you're only getting one side of the story, and everything else is either suppressed, like doctors' voices, or they're made to look like they're fringe, or all these other kinds of things. They actually at the dinner at that luncheon in April, uh, I transcribed uh, one of the um, speeches, uh, which I think was written by the Federation, where they actually uh, they have uh, the the uh, chairperson of the California Medical Board, who's an attorney, didn't show up, had, had the letter read for her. And you have a copy of that transcript where they use the word scourge. 
the scourge of misinformation. They didn't actually say the doctors were scourge, but they came this close by linking the word scourge. And then, of course, they sprinkled fringe doctors all in this little, this short little speech at the luncheon just before they voted for misinformation. Now, the last time I remember scourge being used was back in Nazi Germany. Well, they unfortunately, lots of parallels. And yeah. let, let us zoom in on something that is completely fascinating. So a federation of state medical boards, whatever it is, it is an American organization. But you're saying that they also have a great impact on, for example, medicine in New Zealand. So what did yeah. you discover? I mean, like, how come? Well, I mean, uh, how come? Uh, in, in the mid-90s is when they made this international arm which is the same address, by the way, and the same phone number. Uh, so it's really not too hidden. Uh, and uh, interestingly enough, the, the chief operating officer, chief executive officer, uh, Joan Simeon, here at the Medical Council, has now been tapped, uh, I think next year or the year after that, to become the chairwoman of the international arm. By the way, in that international arm, the board of that international arm, the secretary is a guy named Dr. Chandri, who is the president of the Federation. He's also the secretary on the American board of uh, the Federation, too. So it's, it's, he's, he's there, the president and the secretary in both of these boards. So it's quite obvious. Uh, and so, you know, I, I think personally that um, the way that these, this thing uh, works is if, if you're being good and uh, being, you know, good person uh, in your medical board, well, you'll get a merit award at the next meeting, or oh, maybe you'll get to become a chairperson on our international board. So it's a system of uh, carrot and stick, I think, uh, for most purposes. But, you know, uh, my, you know, did you ever watch The Wizard of Oz? Uh, probably years ago. <laughs> Okay. Well, the, remember they everybody, everybody, they finally got into the Great Oz, and everybody wanted a heart and wisdom. And Mar Dorothy wanted to go back to uh, K Kansas, right? They all wanted they wanted to ask the Great Mighty, uh, and the things on the screen is going whoa, leave, whoa, and everybody's shaking. Well, there's one person, one one character that did not shake. That little dog Toto. He was <laughs> scared. He went back and he pulled back the curtain. <laughs> exposed i call it the toto effect if you stop looking at all the scary stokes and you go to you know try to find out who's behind the little levers and this is the this is why i actually ended up with thinking, finding out about the federation <laughs> you know, <laughs> well i mean they are acting like a mob and again me being russian and living through the 90s where the mobs pretty much owned everything and everybody you couldn't run a business without paying to the mob and okay. uh, what they call it the roof krisha krisha yeah, yeah yeah roof yeah 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 so i mean but that was that was almost official i mean it was impossible to run even a small small shop without paying monthly and then they would protect you and all that I mean, so the other word is mafia right yeah, yeah, yeah i mean like mob yeah but well because the, the roof means protection so it's kind of like the good side of the of the mob right <laughs> And if you don't pay, then not so good for you. But like to me, again, I feel almost at home. Like I understand how this works, yeah. but that has nothing to do with democracy or any of those values that are sold to us. That's saying that they need to fight misinformation and disinformation about the in order to protect democracy. That yeah. is so. That is war and peace and up and down. I mean, that, that is just That's amazing. Well, that's that's that that's uh, uh, double speak or whatever you call it. The, the other thing that's really interesting too is uh, because the mandate of every medical board in the world uh, all are the same, which is to protect the public from harm. H R M. Oh yeah. Uh, in the mid '90s, again, the Federation saw that these uh, these natural therapies were not causing physical harm, so they yeah, actually yeah. voted in two new definitions of harm: not only physical harm that the doctor could do, but financial harm. If the patient had to pay out of his own pocket for his therapy, my God. And the third one was, if the patient didn't get better on this alternative treatment and, and because they refused conventional because of the doctor, well, then that's another harm too. So now they gave uh, extra bullets to the medical councils of the world to go after uh, the doctor on the basis of a harm. And now, the, of course, the big one is they're trying to link misinformation and disinformation 
to harm. Uh, so it's all being, it's all, it's all very carefully uh, scripted, basically. Or, no, of course it is scripted. But I mean, like, again, then the World Health Organization has redefined pretty much every basic term that exists that is relevant to medicine. They redefined the pandemic. Then between them and the CDC in the United States, they redefined the pandemic, they redefined the case, what case means, they redefined what vaccine means, they redefined what immune means. I mean, like, it is amazing. It's it's it completely Orwellian, yeah. But it's, it's good that you're fighting on. It's really wonderful to see, um, you know, we need people like you, honestly. I think in the end, if if we hang in there, if the, then I want to just tell you, you you know, keep at it, hold the line, continue to... Um, Continue to be strong and and know that you're in the right uh, as much as everybody's telling you you're wrong. And try as much as you can not to be um, aggressive against the people that chose to get the and, uh, you know, that's they, you know, that's that, that was their choice. Um, and your choice was your choice if you did if you didn't do it. Absolutely. And ironically, people fight about the virus. People fight about Desmet. People fight about uh, I mean. How many divisions can there be in the freedom community and how useful is that? I mean, that's, that's my grudge because people can believe in viruses or terrain or both or Desmet or disagree with Desmet, doesn't matter, but why, why fight? I mean, that is, that well, is you it. Don't understand, I mean, if you understand that, that, that they, they uh, pretty much every riot um, you know, have, 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 like we had, we had the parliament, uh, the whole parliament uh, oh, yeah. here for the longest time. And we can we can definitely say that at the end, people came into that group that nobody knew who they were, and they were troublemakers, and they started they started this thing going. So every single good movement has been infiltrated, uh, and 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 you're going to expect that that's what's going to happen. However, the problem is, if the media, the currency, is is focused on that one person, and you know, and it makes the whole group look bad. You see what I'm saying? Um, so that, so they'll take something like this and, and they'll blow it up, uh, and they'll make it true, uh, the ministry of truth. And this is, the, this is where we have to continue for as much as we can to keep these, uh, alternative, uh, media outlets running so that people have, a, have a place to go to, uh, and listen to an alternative view. Oh, absolutely. And so, uh, what now, what is your outlook on what we can all do, what can the doctors do either in New Zealand or in America or elsewhere? So, well, I, 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 um, I, I think that we're, you know, I, 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 I'm hope, I hope we're at a tipping point. Uh, I, I just don't think that it's possible to keep the lid on. Uh, there is so much, uh, so much evidence coming out uh, of the harm uh, that this has done and the harm that, that, uh, Robert Kennedy talks about in his first chapter of removing early treatment um, that was safe and effective. And, and, and I think if you take a look at Uttar Pradesh, okay, the, there's 200 million people there and they have their leader, the, the minister of Uttar Pradesh in India is a monk, a holy man. And he, he refused to be corrupted uh, and he gave out the I word to everybody uh, in little kits, uh, and they—if you take a look at the at the the COVID curve, the de in particular just the COVID curve—it went back down to zero in Uttar Pradesh, and in the same in Brazil and Peru and some other countries that weren't attached, by the way, to the Federation. They don't have any uh, uh, any um, medical council that's involved with the international arm, which is very interesting. Uh, He—if uh, you just follow that—that that, that should have been a massive news story. A major news story. It was completely suppressed. Well, if we had, if we had the actual media, if we didn't have just the corporate arm of BlackRock and State Street and Vanguard, and then most of Africa, I am laughing through tears at the headlines that say, "We are puzzled. We have no idea. They are not really seeing what we're seeing in the United States here, and they're developing country. Oh my God, this is so mysterious." I mean, you know seriously. The, yeah, you know what the you know what the United Nations, uh, sorry, the World Health Organization, they had to acknowledge Uttar Pradesh. They had to they had to say something because it was just like this miracle. So, uh, what they said was it was due to 
the rapid response of these volunteers that ran out into the community and helped. You know, 750,000 were mobilized, and that's what did it. Oh, but we won't talk about the fact that they were handing out the I word, you know. <laughs> Uh, 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 of course. And, you know, I'm curious because I, well, I haven't really looked into that yet. Uh, and I wonder if you looked into uh, whether there is a palpable documented connection between the World Health Organization and the Federation of State Medical Boards. Well, I, I would, I would have to, I would have to say that uh, there's absolutely, I mean, Nothing can be around. The Federation has been around long before the World Health Organization, long before any of the alphabet agencies in the United States. They were there way before it. So, I mean, if they don't know about each other, I'd be really surprised. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I have a feeling that um, uh, that's a rabbit hole that we can go down some other way. But um, uh, it's really been um, it's really been interesting to get the feedback from that interview, uh, which is now going up to 40,000, I think, or 50,000, to see that um, that people were just so grateful that I've provided a, a puzzle piece that, that, you know, happened to just be at a certain spot in this puzzle to go, oh my God, now I get it. This is why the doctors are doing this. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe it takes a little bit of, uh, of the anger away from the, the public on the doctors if they can see that, first of all, they're, they're not given any, 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 uh, any, any real. I, one of the things I'm getting turned in for is a letter I had to the local paper. I asked the woman in charge of the district health board to, this is way back, please describe these 27 cases and where they vaccinated, unvaccinated, was it actually symptomatic or was it just a PCR test? I mean, these are, I, my patients want to know. And if they, if they do know, maybe they'll be more prone to get back, you know, this. Right. And, uh, and so, you know what she, so I, that was an open letter. It was sent by the editor of the local paper to this woman. Her reply I, was, was shocking. Her reply was basically, you have to talk to the ministry of health. They have their statistics. This is the woman that's sending out these notices to all the doctors about, you know, scary. Here's come, here comes Omicron. Here comes, a, it's coming, it's coming. And she doesn't know what's coming. She doesn't know whether it's a PCR. It's just being given to her by the Ministry of Health. And what is her official title? Uh, she's, she's like a district health board manager. Uh, we have district health boards here because of centralized mm -hmm. medicine. And so her job was to uh, communicate with the physicians. So they were sending me all this information. And I finally got so fed up. I said, would you please tell us what these cases mean? She didn't know, <laughs> basically. Figures. But you know what is fascinating? And I've been thinking about it a lot because, well, we think money, you know, profits, pharmaceutical industry, and that's, of course, a big deal. But for example, in the Soviet Union, say during the generation, during the youth of my grandparents and maybe childhood of my parents, there was no money motive. Nonetheless, city educated people would go to the village and tell the peasants how to farm because they believed that they were right. They were arrogant, but they were arrogant in innocence. Mm -hmm. There was no money for them in that for sure. They were all poor. And yet they felt like they were righteous to go to the village and tell the farmers how to farm because they were taught in a city college and they were following the science and all that. And so much of it is present in doctors' heads where they genuinely believe that they're better and smarter because that's how they were raised. And that's the most tragic part, because I think if that were taken out of the equation, well, there would be a lot of soul searching then, and probably that's a good thing, but it would be painful. And well, I tell you, I tell you I, I've identified um, that their selection process for medical schools really, uh, uh, really kind of cuts out um, uh, free-thinking, creative people. Wow. It, it, it's really kind of, it's really, it, you'll, you'll find that to be the case. I found it to be the case too in 250 people. They really want people who can be, and by the way, many of the doctors, I believe, uh, medical students, um, are not chosen for their free-thinking ways. They're, they're chosen because they'll be, they'll be good doctors. 
good doctors, you know. Good doctors, good obedient doctors, good robot doctors. Yeah, and that's unfortunately now they're they're going to you know they're going to find that maybe uh, a lot of them will be replaced by uh, an AI computer um, because basically they you know they've been instructed that this is what you're supposed to do. Well, it's an algorithm that an AI computer can follow. So why not just you know open up uh, you know ten thousand new uh, doctors around the country? Uh, what would that do to the profits? You know, that that is actually, well, my hope, not replacing doctors with AI, but educating doctors about that. Yeah. Because well, I think if people care. realize that their job is on the line, that their obedience is not really going to help them for much longer because they're going to be tossed out, used and tossed out like many others who were used and tossed out before them. And well, the, thing, the thing is, is that we we were... I was my job at the board of uh, uh, being on the board of the uh, the um, ACAM American College of Advanced Medicine. One of my jobs was to go down the first morning uh, of our uh, the morning after our first uh, day of uh, seasons. We gave a uh, uh, we open we had a free breakfast for the first timers, doctors who were there for the first time, and I would speak to them. And there was you know usually like a hundred, hundred fifty new first timers, uh, and they were all ages. You know, old doctors, almost ready to retire, all out of the young, right? And they were all so excited about this new, this new type of medicine that they had just stepped into. You know, talking about the gut and talking about the, you know, the microbiome and the and the and and oxidative stresses and free radical heavy metal, what heavy metals do and toxins and all these things that we do. And so this is where it was going, and this is not where the powers that be wanted it to go. So they were very effective in crushing this through a government agency. Yeah. So hopefully we'll get we'll catch our breath. We'll we'll uh, we'll keep the, the 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 candle lit and and be able to light a fire under a lot of other doctors who may just kind of go. You know, maybe I maybe I, I there's a there seems to be a crying need. Maybe I'll just go and retrain myself at this organization or this organization right now the institute for functional medicine is probably the biggest one in the world uh jeff bland a friend of mine started that dr jeff bland um but you know they're under attack i guarantee you they're under attack um i don't I haven't talked to him for a while but we do need to get keep this 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 candle lit for um if you will natural healing therapies um and hey i write prescriptions every once in a while i'm not saying it's there I just had a total knee replacement uh, done and I was walking in three days or four days without a crutch. I mean, there's some, mir there's some real mir miracles in medicine. There really are. And so I'm not negative on, on modern medicine. I am negative on a disease care system that makes money off of diseased bodies. Well, that's for sure. Well, we, 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 we were on a roll. We were definitely on a roll. And uh, I still think it's I still think it's possible to turn it around, um, but we've just got to we've just got to, you know, we've got to get. I mean, I don't know how you can disconnect the media from the you know multinational uh, influence, but we really do need to get. Uh, we need to keep the uh, other avenues of information open and stop this misinformation disinformation. It's not just medicine, Tessa. Of they're, course, they're doing, they're, this misinformation disinformation is going everywhere. Uh, as I say, it's the, they're developing the Ministry of Truth right underneath our eyes, I think. And a, everybody needs to push back. Um, and um, but, you know, it's, it's it's if it takes, you know, legal if it, it takes legal actions. And I think there's a lot of legal actions that are happening. And hopefully the, the, the justices and the, the justice system uh, is still intact and not 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 um, not captured. And this is the word captured. <laughs> I think it is also somewhat captured, but may, uh, it, it still functions somewhat. Like Are you in going New bye York, bye? Huh? <laughs> Are you going bye bye. Oh, well, God. in New York, our governor was trying to. Well, she actually enacted a regulation that allows anybody who is suspected, and I want to emphasize, suspected of being infectious, to be forced quarantined to a quarantine camp, and wow. a very brave lawyer. Uh, Bobby Ann Cox, she actually defeated the regulation, but the governor said that they're appealing. And 
what is that that is in my own state i mean it can impact yeah. anybody's child it can impact the child of somebody who is completely believing in the mainstream narrative and got five vaccines and their child can still be forced quarantined to a quarantine camp i mean what is that well, but she was I mean, able to defeat it but now of course it's up in the air what's going to happen with the appeal but yeah we're living in interesting times for sure yes coming from us at many directions digital banking and uh so this is uh where we um you know we we've, we just have an incredible amount of balls up in the air that they're throwing out there uh, you know the, the carbon zero oh yeah uh, the whole, whole carbon zero thing um you know, and, and, and they want to keep people on the back foot, as they say here in New Zealand, keep them on the back foot so that you really can't take time to stop and think. And if there's one thing I can tell people out there, that's the best thing you can do for your stress management, turn off the television. Matter of fact, just take a hammer to it. <laughs> just take a hammer to it because it's they call it programming for a reason. And, uh, you know, we have we have our little we have a 12 year old. We, she's never seen a TV television. Uh, you know, she, so if we go somewhere and we have a hotel room and she's like a commercial comes on, she's like, Papa, look at that. That's so <laughs> fake. I said, yeah. <laughs> Very lucky child. <laughs> yeah. And she's, and she's fluent in Russian and she does Cyrillic, uh, um, calligraphy in the mornings. Well, we could talk about that later. Anyway. Uh, yeah, it's, um, we need to have the young, the young kids, um, we need to keep them healthy and we need to keep their immune systems. Well, they have a strong immune system if we could just feed them right and and not subject them to all kinds of, you know, emotional trauma. Think about the last two years and what it's done to the development of uh, young kids speaking a uh, speech. They they're, you know, and um, and emotional development, but looking at masks all the time, you know. It is it is amazing because I think yesterday the CDC tweeted a picture of a very pretty baby smiling and they said smiling is a milestone in childhood development la 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 and I'm thinking oh I'm glad you figured that out after all this time <laughs> congratulations welcome to the club <laughs> it, it, it it is it is so offensive to me to see them taking uh, pretending like they never spent the last two years talking just the opposite of what they're doing now of but course i think that i think they see themselves that this is a it's a zero-sum game now uh, uh if you keep trying to push this i hope and the only thing that's keeping the united states from from taking the whole world down is the founding fathers who gave authority to the states and they realized that back then that you can't give full 100 uh, power to the federal government or they run away with it so this is why guys like um Governors uh, DeSantis and things like that are, and and his you know Surgeon General are 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 holding the line. They're saying no, you know, and you can't do that to us, and we're not going to. The Constitution allows us to make our own mind up about what we're going to do with schools, what we're going to do with this and that, you know. Well, thank yeah. you so much. And is there anything you want to say in conclusion before we wrap up? Well, no, just thank you so much, and keep up the hard work. Hold the line, everybody. Um, uh, we're going to prevail uh, and we're going to get stronger and better and, and grow stronger and better away from this monstrosity that's happened in the last two years. Well, I'm into that. Thank you. Yeah.